It's 12 o'clock. It's a Wednesday. I'm Ben Kenny. He's Grant Bills. We're in for Bill Michaels. The Brewers punted the trade deadline. They gave the message to the fan base that they do not care about winning this season. Is that too far of an overreaction? Maybe, but it is how I feel this no. morning. This is one of those come to terms with reality kind of days as a Milwaukee Brewers fan. You want to chime in on that? 877-867-1670. I'm on Twitter at Benzie Kenny. He is at Wisco Grant. So we just talked to Mike Clemens up at Packers camp. Uh, there are some jugs problems with the machine. We'll hear from Matt LaFleur coming up here in a couple minutes. But Zach Tom, the entire offensive line being the biggest question, I think that's something we've kind of hinted at for a while here with the injuries and with the fact that some of the depth guys during the offseason went elsewhere. I mean, hell, yeah. you want to draw a comparison here, Grant. The Packers' offensive line last year was very deep. When guys got hurt, it worked. You look at this Brewers lineup with the lack of bats they've brought in. One guy gets hurt or one guy starts struggling. No one else to come in. Mm-hmm. Front office problems there. But the Zach Tom thing excites me. So I love reading about Zach Tom, mostly because he sounds like a classic offensive lineman and he can play anywhere. So he sounds like a Packers offensive lineman. I think there are parallels between the Brewers and the Packers. I would draw a parallel between the way the Brewers develop their pitchers and the way the Packers seem to develop their offensive linemen. It's just a position. Hmm. They're always feeding with young guys and they find a way to coach them up, develop them up. And then when one gets injured, or they need to fill a spot. They always seem to have a guy. You know, Brian Gutekunst in his presser two weeks ago was asked about their injuries to Jenkins and Bakhtiari and whether or not he ever considered bringing in a a veteran tackle. And he said, you know, we do a pretty good job. You know, they're going to coach somebody up. They're going to find somebody. We believe in our process. I would love to talk in detail with Mike Clements, and maybe I'll do this on my show tomorrow night when he joins us. I'd love to ask him about what it's like watching that group in camp and their process and their Mm. system with doing things because they just churn out good offensive linemen. I'm really not that concerned about the line and they're without their two best linemen right now because of injuries. I think that says a lot. Well, they don't trade the offensive linemen once they get good. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's very true. That helps. That helps keep a position good, not trading them when they get expensive. But in terms of confidence right now, if the tackles were healthy, I would be over the moon confident without them as things stand today. I'm not nearly at that point. That's one I, of the maybe, maybe confidence, the wrong word. I'm not panicking. Maybe I should say that. That's fair. John running also at left guard. I mean, more and more people are saying we should have more Philly people in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. John running a fine example of that. Son Many of are saying that son of Eagles. Great. Uh, John running senior, I think. Does it hurt that it's a, a Michigan guy? No, it's a big Badgers network. Or nah. do we just support all Big Ten talent when it gets into the league? Oh, yeah. Once, I mean, okay. even once Big Ten season ends and bowl season comes, I root for every single Big Ten football team not named Minnesota. Big Ten Ben Kenny. It, I agree. Although you guys are buddies with P.J. Fleck now. That doesn't help. Buddies is a strong term. I mean, ugh. You know. It was a I great interview. To, yeah. I, I need to talk to Zach Halpern about this. Zach has uh, accused me of being a keyboard warrior and, <laughs> and going after people on Twitter on my show when I would never have the guts to face them in a media scrum or in a locker room session. So I, I just got to ask Zach, you know, guy who lobs a lot of arrows at PJ Fleck, you know, sitting down and 
putting on a nice face for the sake of content. I, I, I don't know. I, I might need an explanation from our guy, Zach, on that. No, he threw some jabs in. Okay. There, there were just some jabs that were blatantly unfair. Like, we were fair with our questions. We weren't just okay. going to attack the guy. But, no, if anything, Zach, we did it with Brett Bielema as well, who has Zach Halperin blocked on Twitter. It's, if anything, you should praise him for I, the Fleck thing. He did not want to interview PJ Fleck. I want to make that clear. He didn't. Our goal at Big Ten Media Days, Kenny and Heilprin, you could search the podcast with all the interviews, nice. Barry Alvarez included, back on Thursday, 6 to 7. Our goal was to get Brett Bielema on and to get Brett to unblock Zach on Twitter, which he asked about. Brett's wife has now unblocked Zach. So there was a conversation there. Maybe we'll get Brett to do it as well. But home wrecker Zach Heilprin, some might be saying. <laughs> home wrecker Heilprin. Oof. But Can we get the big voice guy to say that home wrecker Heil <laughs> on the zone. I'm going to do it. I'm going to send an email. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to, but that, it, that can be easily done. And then it can, you know, you have your drop of Zach saying for the Wisconsin sports zone network, you could just yeah. add that in. But Zach said going into big 10 media day that hey, he didn't really want to interview Fleck because he doesn't like him. And yeah. there weren't many things he could draw from it. I thought it was a terrific interview because of that. You guys did great at Big Ten Media Days. By the way, speaking of a uh, big voice guy audio, uh, we just switched voice guys on our lacrosse station, so I was really getting audio. Yeah, and uh, let me let me play you this liner. I was going to turn this into a liner. It's raw audio. Uh, holy cow! My headphones almost just blew my ears out. Uh, listen to this really quickly. Is that coming through? Nope. Nope. Okay. Well. Shoot, that kind of killed the moment. Basically, it's a liner saying, Josh Hader plays here. You're home for <laughs> Brewers baseball. Let me let me try it one more time. Normally, when I refresh the page, it works. So I'm 99% sure it will actually work this time. You just got to give me a sec. But yeah, I had to throw that straight in the trash. So it's not like I've gotten audio from the big voice guy that's gotten pitched and never used. So maybe I should make some spoof liners about Zach. Oh, you well, you should keep that. I would. Should we start a narrative that the Brewers should refund every? They should do a buyback program of every Josh yeah. Hader jersey. Buyback better. Here is. I'm going to try this one more time with the audio. It should work this time. Christian Yelich, Corbin Burns, and Josh Hader play here. <laughs> Brewers baseball on like, WKTY on. Lacrosse, 96.7 FM, 5:80 AM. Come on. What am I supposed to do with that now? You should go back. First of all, have the Brewers buy back every Josh Hader related big voice read from every radio station in the state. And then you should get that guy to say, your front office doesn't care about winning. Listen to <laughs> Brewers baseball. Another bite at the apple. 2022 <laughs> Brewers baseball. Damn it. I did see a terrific tweet today of when Stearns talks about the bites at the apple. It's a picture of that stupid apple in center field in New York that the Mets yeah. have. So this is the apple he's talking about. At this point, free David Stearns. Let him go. I, I don't want him here anymore. If, if, if he can't even do what he wants to do, just let him go. I don't care. It's so weird because if the Brewers make the World Series, he can go out of his contract, right? This year? Yeah. But if they don't, he can leave like a year later. Uh, so it's not, I see a lot of Brewers fans. He's not going to leave until they make a world series. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. You can believe that. Go ahead. Well, I mean, they're, they're eating, they're effectively eating the apple a lot. 
I saw Adam McAlvey had probably the tweet of the century. So funny. When they sat down for the game last night in Pittsburgh, it's just a picture of an apple. It sucks that that has become the image, you know? It's it's a picture of the apple without any bites taken. I think that's the analogy we could draw here. They want to take bites at the apple, but they can't actually get their hands on it. They can't take bites. The, Maybe they, they nibble. put it in a statement, Ben. The Brewers PR department put out a statement that included the phrase more bites at the apple. I want to die. Oh. I, that wasn't in the statement. I'm saying I want to die. I have the sound bite somewhere, but stupidly, I didn't rename it to just say apple. It's just Stearns being asked the 15,000 different things that he was asked. Saying Gasser is one of the best young prospects. Yeah, all right. I'll find the apple bit. I mean, obviously, I'm going to make it into a drop forever. I should send that to our voice guy. More bites at the apple. Something like that. I don't know. I can send that in Homewrecker Heilprin. <laughs> it might be this one. Well, today is is uh, a, was a difficult decision, and these decisions are not easy to trade good players on a good team. We believe it's, it's the right decision for the organization um, to, to give us the best chance to remain competitive for as long as possible and ultimately win a world series. Nope. Don't you feel bad hearing all those comments and just thinking his hands might be completely tied behind his back and he can't really make big moves. Yeah. Blink twice, David Stearns. If you're being held (laughs) against your will, right? Seriously. Right. And counsel too. put them up there next to each other. Hostages. What is Craig Council got to be thinking about all this? He's got to be thinking, oh, okay, so now I, it's my job to go into the clubhouse and make this go over smoothly. Like, oh, yeah, I got to earn my paycheck, get in there and calm down everyone. I'd be pissed if I was Council too. Th- this might be the one. These are difficult decisions. And as, as we've done our best to determine how we can extend our window of competitiveness for as long as possible, how we can avoid some of the deep down cycles that certain organizations have experienced, we believe that making decisions like this, regardless of how difficult they may be at that point in time, is really essential. Mm, guess not. He's basically saying it without saying Yeah, I'll find it. I'll find it during break. 877-867-1670. Line one, welcome to the Bill Michaels Show. Who do we got? Eric on I-90. Eric, oh, what up? God. How you doing, bud? Yeah, it's a tough day, honestly. These are one yeah. of those days where radio kind of becomes therapy because the Brewers piss me off and they don't True. do anything to tell the fan base they want to win. So I come on for hours and really complain about it. It makes me feel better. I hope it makes others feel better. How are you? Well, I'm all, I'm okay, but I, I see what you mean. It seems like the Brewers are kind of like, we're just going to be mediocre for a long time. We're good, but not kind of good saying? enough. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what they're saying here. Don't you think, Grant? I think that's what they're saying. Well, they all, they all but said it yesterday. They traded Hater, and then they came out and said, he said it explicitly. The ownership does never want to do a rebuild. They're not going to accept it. We won't have it. This is how it has to be. Yeah, they came out and said it directly. Stearns did. Yeah, but well, I, I, don't, I don't get that. They, they're in first place, right? I mean, let, let's, let's go for it, right? It's, what, $5 million to keep him around for another year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down now. You guys are talking about the offensive line in Green Bay, and I just want to see what Grant has to say about it. He sounds pretty confident with the offensive line. 
maybe they should cut David Bakhtiari. <laughs> or trade him for Josh Hader. Yeah, can we get Hader back? <laughs> you can send him can to the Chargers. I know back? they're not in San Diego anymore. I can but... see now that we're not going to be able to talk about anything but this Hader thing now for a while because it's, it's going to be like that for a while. That's fine. I think that Hader, I, I got to see Hader pitch up close and personal. I was in the second row right side behind home plate. And, you know, if you get hit with that ball, you're going down immediately. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. If I had to kill a pig, I'd probably get Hater to hit him with a ball instead of shoot him. <laughs> That's how powerful that bat, that guy is. Uh, so I'm going to clip that. Uh, yeah. I need that. Uh, what if you had to say destroy an apple? Would you get Hater to throw a ball at that or would you shoot it with yeah. an arrow? I'd get Hater to throw at it. Let's do that. What would you What would you destroy with Hater's pitch if you could? Because oh, yeah. it would do it. I mean, you stay, if I stood out there, I'm going down. I mean, they're going to carry me out in a gurney. They're not even bringing the helicopter. <laughs> because I'm, the meat I, wagon. I'm dead. I'm dead. Just bring the meat wagon. Oh, that's You're good. You're done. That's that guy good. can really whip the ball. I'm sorry to see him go. I think he was a fan favorite. And, and uh, you know, that's what it's kind of all about, too, right? Yeah. You know, I want to win, but I want to win with a favorite guy, right? Damn right, Eric. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Eric. You don't want to win with these other doorknobs that you're bringing in. <laughs> All right, Eric. You know what, Eric? This Bye. call this call has been so terrific. I could give you an extra 20 seconds if you have more things to rattle off because I think you've connected well, on every one of them. A, well, listen, I got a big spiel this morning from Ebo about you know, now he didn't give me a big, he explained it, you know, the foam hat at practice. And I thought that was to block out Aaron Rodgers' telepathic ability. Some guys, <laughs> some guys didn't. And then they had guys just running all over the place because they were getting so much information. Uh, and then I seen the Vikings have mine too. So, you know, and Kirk Cousins, if he was telepathically communicating, you know, everybody would call an ambulance or something because he'd be, Scared for his life, right? That's that's a nice offensive line. If you want, yeah, we got to learn something from the Packers there. I can tell you that. Don't let those facts get in the way of that narrative. I like that a lot. Except none of the hats are tinfoil. Yeah. Well, if you Rogers listen to a speech is. the other day, I mean, he's not he's not getting to that frame. He's got some outside influences, Aaron Rodgers, because he's not getting that frame of mind to put that tape out. Just on, you know, good, healthy eating. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to eat healthier, and I don't think like that at all. I got you. I'm there too, buddy. All right. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. Dynamite call. Dynamite. Yeah. What, so what could you kill? Show. You could kill that rabbit that Vin Scully talked about, Madison Bumgarner, getting out of the snake with a Josh Hader fastball. Josh Hader never would have ran for an ax. He would have grabbed a baseball. Yeah. Blown that snake away. Yeah. So that's it, what my show is, by the way, every night for two hours. That's a lot good. Of calls like that. That's good so. stuff. Wisco Sports Show, four to six, many of these same Something. stations. All right. When we come back, Kurt Hogue joining us, 1230. When we come back, I'll find the Stern's Apple comment. We were going to do LaFleur here. We didn't. You'll hear that coming up soon. I'll play the Jugs Machine comment, though, because I talked about that with Mr. Clemens. A lot more of the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in for Bill when we come back. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. Bill back tomorrow and Friday and moving forward. So I said I would find two sound bites during break that I did both. Grant, do we want to talk about jugs in Green Bay or apples first? Why don't we start with jugs and then we can do apples and that will lead us into Kurt Hogue. There's a terrific radio mind at work right there. Here's Matt LaFleur earlier today about the big controversy at training camp. Well, we're in the market for a new jugs machine, so if anybody has <laughs> has one out there, uh, you know, they want to donate or put whatever price tag you want on it, I really don't care. We have to get a new jugs machine because I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> that thing was ridiculous. I mean, it, it was, huh? What was it doing? Did you not watch it? Oh, it looked like the wind was carrying. Oh, it was awful. You couldn't get the ball to turn over, and it's, I mean, it's damn near impossible to catch. So, um, yeah, that was not the finest hour for our equipment staff. So there's that. I mean, it's a headline I would rather see coming out of Packers training camp than, I don't know insert quarterback related controversy here yes um i don't Did know notice during li- listening to these cuts how i mean the packers beat they just yuck it up they'll laugh at anything. <laughs> i mean they and look i get it when you're in there and you're you're a part of the, the scrum like that is funny but listening from afar it's like well come on guys it wasn't that funny like let's Take it easy. I mean, that might be the most cuttable comment LaFleur has ever made since being head coach, except for this one. Just see how he responds to the load. That's it. So Um, I'm happy. Not to fire arrows at the Packers beat. I I don't want Zach to come at me for being a a microphone or a keyboard warrior, but it's just, you know, it's Malafleur comedy hour when he takes a podium. I'm with you. I, as someone who listens to all of them and tries to find good cuts out of it, uh, you know, yeah. could be better. So there's that coming out of Green Bay. Kurt Hogue is going to join us coming up next to talk about the deadline, talk about this Brewers team. I realize, Grant, that the Apple comment was not included in the cuts, though I opened the full press conference, and you'll never guess how much time it took for him to mention that. Um. Is it like in the opening statement of the presser? Yeah, it's exactly three seconds. Here it is. Jeez. Just see how he. Oh. There Today's it is. trade, as we said in the release, is about doing everything we can as an organization um, to continue our mission and our goal of giving our, our team as many bites at the apple as we possibly can. To... <sighs> can we pick a new phrase? Let's rotate them. Uh, knocks at the door. Uh, tickets into the dance. Yes, ticket to the There's dance. Many. That's the one that works. Yeah. Because then you buy a ticket to the dance, and let's say it's not even a, uh, like, to go watch a dance. Let's say it's to participate in a dance. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. are, you know, lucky enough and, and hot enough and healthy enough, then you could go make something happen. Meanwhile, with the Apple, there's like, like, what's the benefit? What's the winning the World Series part of that analogy? doesn't exist it, it, it doesn't really translate well as someone who tries to force analogies on my show every day um the bites at the apple thing is it's starting to fall flat we need to freshen it up so tickets to the dance you know um knocks at the door yeah another good one like i said but the apple one is like I, i'm if you know how the brewers the 
teams make the playoffs and there's like a promotional, there's a saying or whatever. Like if the Brewers make the playoffs this year, the banner is going to say, how about them apples? Like it's going to be ridiculous. It should just say we were able to swallow this bite of the apple finally. (laughs) But it's one of those things. It's like as someone who enjoyed or enjoyed apples in the past, my grandma at her place in Vermont has a a couple pear trees and the pears that grow on it are terrific. She also grows apples. Yet I'm often there before they're actually in season. So they're not fully ripe yet. I'm a big fan of sour foods though and, and crunchiness. So yes, I end up eating four to five of them. And then for the next three hours, I have intense stomach pain because the apples are not yet fully ripe. It's one of those deals. How many bites are you going to take before you actually start to feel it in the stomach? Not many. We were talking about uh, apples earlier and and you mentioned like a mushy, gross apple. You don't strike me as a red delicious guy. Then you're probably going more um, Granny Smith, something tartar, sharper. Yeah. Green. The green yep. ones, preferably. <laughs> the green ones. This is ridiculous. Why are the brewers making us talk about this? I feel like I've gotten off all the shots I've needed to at what has been done over the last couple of days. That's why we're going to talk to Kurt coming up here in a couple minutes. So, I, I mean, I think this is the last go around on what the brewers did until maybe. I mean, we talk about messages into the locker room. If this actually sent, and Mike talked about this as well. This was his thought if it actually sends that poor of a message throughout the locker room and in some scenario, the team continues to lose. I think it is fair to connect that back to the fact that nobody came in and instead a big name went out. Well, the energy last week was so great. The juice around the team coming out of the break was so good. So if they start to go a little flat, they don't have to collapse, but if, if they just drop off a little, it's going to be super obvious because the energy was so great going into the deadline. I wonder if the Brewers were kind of dreading a little bit as they're winning seven of nine and sweeping the twins and winning at Fenway. If the Brewers brass are like, oh no, this is, this is going to be tough. If they came out and lost seven of nine or six of nine instead, fine. this might've been easier, but still, I mean, I would have hated it, but maybe more Brewers fans would have been okay with it, but the timing of it again, just brutal. No doubt. No doubt. All right. 877-867-1670. We're going to step away. Come back. When we do Kurt Hogue, Milwaukee journal Sentinel joins us. He covers the Brewers. We will get his thoughts on the deadline and all that good stuff coming up next. Ben Kenny grant bills in for bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the bill Michaels show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. In for Bill Michaels today on a come to earth kind of day after the Brewers. Lack of movement yesterday, lack of real movement at the trade deadline on with us to talk more about it. Kurt Hoke, Brewers beat writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He is at C-Y-R-T-H-O-G-G on Twitter. Kurt, first things first, uh, Pittsburgh looks absolutely beautiful, but I have to ask, what is your favorite kind of apple? Uh, So I, I have a granny, a grandmother, and her name is Granny Smith. So I would be remiss to say Granny Granny Smith apples are not among my favorites. I also like a good Honeycrisp, 
You know, you can get a good bang for your buck with like a gala uh, at the at the grocery store. So yeah, I'll probably put that in my top three. Well, you're a family man, uh, even with your fruit choices, which I respect. Uh, Kurt, you're in the locker room, so I have to ask you, you know, what it was like after the deadline. Uh, we all saw the Devin Williams video, and you know, from afar, it's easy to see these clips and think that the locker room is in shambles and things are in a bad place, but these guys have a right to be bummed. Um, and, and I think they're humans. We understand that, but you're in the locker room all the time. What did you notice after the deadline? And was there anything past just, you know, the expected, you know, it's a bummer for these players. Is it any worse than just, you know, a bummer of a day? Is there anything deeper? I don't, it's, it's difficult to assess that right at this point, because you kind of, assume that there are going to be some, you know, some high emotions to them just trading Josh Hader, who's not only arguably the best reliever in baseball, but a really good friend to so many of these guys. And like you, you mentioned, you know, Devin Williams, uh, you saw that with him. He was very careful with the words that he chose. If you watch the video, you can kind of tell, you can hear the pauses. Um, and then after a couple minutes of talking it was basically like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about this anymore. So it's it's tough to say if there's you know how much it's going to linger now because it's only been what 48 hours since they actually traded Josh Hader, uh, but it has the possibility maybe to linger. Although with gen- generally speaking, like the Brewers Clubhouse is a is a pretty relaxed you know it's a it's a good environment, uh, so I don't expect it to, but it very well could linger. So after seeing the Hader move a couple days ago, and then the lack of big time additions yesterday. What's your kind of eagle-eye view on the deadline and where this Brewers team now stands? The Brewers, I think the way I've come to think about it is they made, like, lateral moves, uh, kind of, you know, their bullpen isn't any worse off in the short term because they got, what, four guys, and they did lose Hader, but the the bullpen is going to be in a fine place. But they did not upgrade the team at all. And I yeah, trust me, I understand there's a lot of frustration because of that. And I think a lot of it's justified, too. You kind of want to see your team push some chips to some degree uh, into the middle. And they were in a bit of a difficult place where, like, not a lot of the bats that were available would have been significant upgrades, like enough of an upgrade uh, to have been worth some, some of the prospect packages. But at some point, right, like, at some point you have to make the move to upgrade the roster, right? Yeah. I was talking with Andrew Wagner on Twitter. I didn't call him, but we were arguing and and basically he's, he came back at me and said, well, do you want the brewers to make a move just to make a move? And I know it sounds juvenile, but yeah, kind of, I do. Do you think there's something to be said for bringing in a guy just to shake things up and add a little energy to the clubhouse? Um, there's a reason to, I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying with make a move to, to make a move. I don't necessarily think like they, this team needed an energy shakeup um, in the clubhouse, but they needed a move in my opinion. And I think a lot of the moves that were out there weren't, you know, it would have been a, a lot of guys would have been make a move just to make a move. And they didn't need another, you know, another replacement level, slightly above league average bat. Uh, they could use a complementary piece, like someone who hits lefties really well, uh, or someone that could, you know, play a variety of positions and, or an impact bat. All of the above probably would have been very well received and very helpful. So I'm trying to talk myself down from whatever ledges in terms of whether this team is, you know, trying to tell the fan base that they are trying to compete with the move of Hater. But let's talk about the guys that actually were brought in. 
What are your initial impressions of Rogers, Lamette, and then through also Rosenthal and Bush and all those guys? Yeah, let me just run down the list, hit some like quick spark notes on the guys. Yeah. Rogers, there's a there's what maybe like a thirty to forty percent chance Rogers is actually better than Josh Hader this year. Maybe like thirty percent. So I'd probably put as the top to that. But it's the point being is obviously Josh Hader is a is the better reliever, but it's a two month sample. Taylor Rogers is really good. Uh, a lot of the underlying numbers play in his favor, and he's pitched in high leverage spots before. So so the Brewers did well, I think, to replace Hader in the short term. Uh, Lamette's kind of a wild card there. Excellent stuff. Incredible slider. Good velocity, even though it's a tick down from 2020 when he finished fourth in Cy Young voting. But uh, there's there's obviously some elite pitching in there that the Brewers hope they can tap into, and they're generally pretty good at tapping into guys' potential in pitching. So uh, Matt Bush probably pitch a lot of seventh innings, kind of that 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 set up man to Williams and Rogers, who plan to be kind of alternating in that closer role. Uh, and Matt Bush has been incredible as well, although uh, he's, what, 37, 36? So he's, so he's up there, and even though the Brewers have three years of team control left, he is definitely up there, and they gave up a pretty valuable prospect to Antoine Kelly to get him. Uh, and then the Rosenthal one, I think, was the one that kind of set a lot of fans over the edge on, on Twitter because yeah. basically they gave up Tristan Peters, who I like a lot as a prospect, but uh, caveat, like he still is a prospect. Like there's a high chance that he does not turn out into a major league player. But that said, I do like him a lot. And the Brewers, because I'm, I believe they weren't wanting to pay the 4.5 million salary that the Giants gave Rosenthal, is why they had to attach a relatively valuable prospect to that. We're talking with Kurt Hogue, Journal Sentinel. Did you expect them to get more back for Hater prospect-wise? And do you think that the prospect return was lessened because they wanted a guy like uh, Rogers in return? Do you think they could have done better prospect? I was a little surprised. Yes, and yes, and yes to both of those. I think okay. they, like I said, they did a very good job of replacing him in the short term, which was a big need. If you're going to trade Josh Hader in the middle of the season, two months left, and you're in first place, you better get some guys back that can impact your bullpen right now. Um, otherwise, well, one, the fan base is going to completely riot. Uh, and two, you just legitimately need it for your bullpen. And then, yeah, uh, I, I do I do think that lessened their prospect return. And I was a bit underwhelmed by the top end of the prospects in the return. Not 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 the whole return. I don't think I was underwhelmed by what they got for the entire package. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, because you have to, you know, take on two pretty valuable members of the San Diego bullpen, uh, they're not going to be as inclined to give you one of their top arms. And obviously they were hanging on to those top bats and top arms for the, for the Juan Soto trade. So those seem to be off the table from everything that I've gleaned. So with where we sit today, the Brewers up two games on the Cardinals in the central, this might be an irrational overreaction, but I was going to ask it anyway. I sitting here today after the deadline, do you think the Brewers are still the favorite in the division? Yes, but without Josh Hader, it's less so. The good news, I guess, for the Brewers is um, is the Cardinals didn't upgrade a ton either. I mean, they definitely fixed their biggest weakness, though, which is starting pitching depth, and they got a couple good arms. But I still think the Brewers have a slight advantage in the race, although I think, and this is probably where you and a lot of, you know, a lot of fans are coming from with some of the frustrations, you felt like 
the, the gulf should have been widened or could have been widened, and it, and it wasn't. And, you know, the, the whole premise of you know, the bites of the Granny Smith apples is to get as many packs to the playoffs as you can. Um, but it seems like they're just kind of rolling with the idea that the team they have in some capacity is going to get them to the playoffs, and it's not a complete guarantee at this point. Another question on the energy in the clubhouse. So I was watching what was going on with the Padres last night. They're geared up, gassed up, hater with that comment about how they want to win a World Series. Then I, I follow Katie Wu on Twitter because I like to keep up with the Cardinals a little bit. <laughs> Molina's back. Wainwright's back. They're dealing. Seems like the energy there is really good. How important does Craig Council become now in the next few weeks, keeping energy up, making sure that the team kind of sticks together and, and can maintain kind of that same level of competitiveness and expectations that they had coming into the trade deadline. Yeah, he becomes, he becomes, I think more important even than he was at, you know, the first few months of the season of this juncture for a couple of reasons. One of that is that clubhouse. I mean, the Brewers, I think with the Padres and, you know, a lot of other teams at the deadline is it's a natural infusion of energy to the clubhouse, the trade deadline, uh, and probably also some size of relief that, you know, Oh, I'm still here. I wasn't traded, but the Brewers, they did it. There's no, really no reason to have like an energy infusion. You could view it as, you know, if you're an offensive player, they, they, they have trust in us. They, they think we're the, the unit that is, that we're all they need. And so that, that, that's, that's a, a positive level of energy. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, managing the, the kind of the, – if it's a lull or whatever it is with the, with the hater trade. And then, you know, now some of the bullpen management is going to be a lot more mix and match. It was very rigid and strict. Uh, with Hader only pitching one inning and only pitching the ninth inning. And now they'll be able to go to back to some of the mix and match where, honestly, Council seems to thrive uh, Yes, as opposed to last year where it was, all right, the ninth inning, it's Josh Hader time. It's eighth inning. It is not Josh Hader time. Uh, what have you heard and what have you seen on Freddie Peralta? Can you give us an update on him before we let you go? Uh, he's, he's, he's rearing to go. I was, I'm a bit surprised that he's back this quickly, especially only two yeah. rehab starts. Um, he, the results, he was very happy with how they went to rehab. And honestly, with how the Brewers are very cautious with injuries, it was a bit surprising, um, that he is back already, but I guess that's also good news is that he's back already, despite them being so cautious. So you're talking about an infusion of energy though. Freddie Peralta's presence in the clubhouse is an infusion of energies. Naturally, he was, he was he was busy. He was smiling all over and laughing and making jokes uh, all before the game yesterday. So uh, it's it's not a trade deadline acquisition, and I know it's a, sometimes a touchy subject to say it's a they 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 did add, uh, but they did get Freddie Peralta back. And while it's not exactly going out and acquiring someone, it does help relative to the roster that they've had for the last what four months. Awesome. Awesome stuff, Kurt. I really appreciate the time. Again, at Kurt Hogue on Twitter, uh, covers the Brewers for the Journal Sentinel. Last thing, if you end up eating an apple later today, uh, we would love to know what kind. Again, yes. we're trying to pull the public and see if we can actually narrow down. Talking about bites at the apple, I feel like, you know, the bites into the different kinds are actually different. Mm-hmm. Maybe you guys can get uh, maybe you guys can get David Stearns on to talk about what his preferred apples are <laughs> and uh, honestly his approach to biting apples uh, there's very many strategies i or we could enlist some of our great milwaukee brewers covering journalists to ask him that there you go <laughs> uh, this is true <laughs> 
Maybe after, yeah, guess, maybe if they win, how about this? If they win the World Series, could he ask that question for us? If they, if they win the World Series this year, I will make sure to ask David Stearns and get it on video what his kind of favorite kind of apple is and, uh, and his preferred method for, for eating apples. Awesome. You know, all, all one side at once or if he goes around, around the world. All right, there you go. If you didn't want the Brewers to previously win the World Series, now you do, so we can finally learn. Kurt, really appreciate it. Enjoy Pittsburgh. Thanks, Kurt. Yeah, thanks, guys. There he is, Kurt Hogue, at C-Y-R-T-H-O-G-G on Twitter. Covers the Brewers for the Journal Sentinel. Awesome stuff. Um, so there you go, Grant. It's locked in. Content idea. Our network is fantastic. Something that I think we're lacking, maybe some video. So here's an idea. Bill Michaels and David Stearns visit an apple orchard this fall, and we have a sit-down interview at an orchard. They sit down after they've picked a, you know, one of those little bags. You know how I was yes. on Instagram in the fall, you see uh, groups of, of women especially, or, or dates, people go to an apple orchard. Bill Michaels, David Stearns, they go to an orchard and they talk about the season, and we can put it out on our network, we can edit it up, make it sound all nice. It'll be like CBS Sunday morning, except you know, big unit at the orchard or whatever. That sounds like a terrific, a terrific idea. I just don't know if I myself want to be the one working to edit that. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. 877-867-1670. A lot more to get to today. Still got to hear from coach Matt LaFleur probably coming up at the top of the hour. It's a Wednesday bills back tomorrow. We're doing our thing. It's Ben Kenny grant bills in for bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. When I think of Lord All right, welcome back in. It's the Bill Michael Show. I'm Ben Kenny. He is Grant Bills. There is a Twitter question at Ben Z Kenny. Obviously on Twitter. The Bill Michaels Show featuring myself and Grant Bills. Twitter question of the day. What is your favorite kind of apple? Chime in, if you so please, at Benzie Kenny on Twitter. Also, a a quick thing I needed to hit before we get into the next hour, which will be Packers heavy and also still talking Brewers and the deadline. Phil Mickelson, Grant, and 10 other live golfers have filed an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour, challenging their suspensions. Included in the lawsuit, Taylor Gooch, Hudson Swafford, Matt Jones, Bryson DeChambeau, Abraham Anser, Carlos Ortiz, Ian Poulter, Pat Perez, Jason Kokrak, and Peter Uline. Now, this may seem weird because not only has the live increased from eight events to 14 events to now 25 events, The golfers that wanted to play less golf for more family time are suing the tour so they could play more golf than they were previously. It is pretty funny. (sighs) Are we in a spot? I mean, we'll talk more about this coming up. I'm excited. Just I'm excited to get an update with you on what's up with the live and what it means for the PGA. I mean, Liv's not going anywhere. Bryson said something stupid last night on a certain news program. That, Newsmax? No, no, it was a, uh, it's a everyday uh, news program that airs, I don't know, sometime at night. I Was it Tucker? It was. Um, also same thing. 
I'll say I, I'm trying to find the tweet. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, you know what? I'll just put this out now because, listen, do I come from a very biased point of view of loving golf and wanting it to be healthy and wanting to watch good golf? Yes. Yeah. Have Phil yeah. Mickelson and all of them completely or are trying to completely rob that from golf fans? Yes, because it's about the money. Are they also all making themselves look like complete idiots? 100%. This is what Bryson DeChambeau said. Uh, there was an analogy here, the exact quote, Bryson. But it's funny. It's so weird because it's like, let's use this as a reference. I heard this earlier this week. You have a pizza shop that's been in existence for 50 years. And all of a sudden, uh, oh, and all the customers go to it and it's a great product. And then all of a sudden, a new pizza shop opens, right? Then they start paying the customers to come eat at their place. And that pizza is potentially a little bit better of pizza, right? And then all of a sudden, the original pizza house goes, uh, if you go over there, we're banning you from ever coming back to our pizza shop. Um, I will raise a very uh, clear and concise contention to this analogy. Are golfers customers of the PGA Tour? Or are they being paid millions of dollars to play golf? They're employees. Yes. Now, uh, are people who go to pizza shops employees of that pizza shop? Are they getting paid millions of dollars to eat pizza? No. No. He sounds like an idiot. Well, you saw me on Skype. As, as soon as he started the analogy, I started shaking my head. It's <sighs> not going to work. That dog will not hunt. I um, mean. You're an employee. You're not necessarily a customer. So... What I think now, I, I don't think the tour would have ever banned all the guys if they didn't think they could win in court. Like, why would the tour be so short-sighted to ban all these people and then know that they could just go to court and win and then the tour will lose all the money? So I think the tour, just thinking that, and yes, many things that have been thought have been wrong when it comes to all this, but my initial sense is the tour will win whatever court battle this is. These guys just look horrible. They talk all they they talked all this big game about how little they wanted to play, how much more family time they wanted. Now they're literally suing to play more, and they would be playing more than they were previously. So, ugh. it it's is a, bizarre. Yeah, it's a disaster. Um, there was one other piece, and I I'll get to it when we come back when it comes to all this. I, I my mind just hurts, my my brain hurts thinking and talking about this. I love being on the show when you are talking golf. I, I know I've said this a couple of times. It, I learn a lot. Um, yeah. So with my brewers doing this and you hearing me melt down, that's entertaining. Well, it's very entertaining for me to listen to you talk about golf. I, I'm, I'm with you on the brewers meltdown. Also, it must be noted that when these people sue the PGA tour, they're not suing the commissioner. They're suing the players of the tour. So that means they're currently suing Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas, insert big name golfer here not great not good not good at all all right when we come back talk more about it talk about apples it's on twitter at benzie kenny a lot more one full hour bill michael show coming up next the bill michael show podcast listen rate subscribe